0: everyone and welcome back to Soundcheck, the rock and roll alternative music podcast here at Central Michigan Life. My name's Andrew Mullen. I have uh, my co-host over here, Uh, uh, Michael Livingston. And uh, across from me, we have a special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Sure. I'm Ben Ackley. I'm a freshman here going on sophomore. I love music and I play music and I live music.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And what else? What else do you do here at the CMU?
1: Uh, I'm I'm on CM Life as a reporter. I'm going here for journalism. That's it. That's my life. <laughs>
2: that's pretty much my life. I'm not involved in anything else
1: besides CM Life. I, I, except <laughs> the
0: minus playing the music part because I have talent. Very, very yeah. nothing. No, you should... don't have
1: to have talent. I don't have talent either. What do you play? Guitar, bass, play. keyboard, vocals. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's
0: more than I can play. I try, I, try, I, I, I attempted, I half assed attempted guitar mm-hmm. for like three years, and yep. I got nowhere.
2: And then when I was at your house, <laughs> I played it better than you probably did.
0: The no, three no, years. That, that is not even a question. <laughs> is, no, you most is,
2: certainly did. Yeah, you said that. All right. Uh, usual announcements as always. Uh, yes. Um. Oh my God. I, I,
0: sw- I think it might be right. I might be getting some allergies because I've been rubbing my eyes for the past, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. It must look like bloodshot. It's right either now. that
2: or we all did acid
0: in the spirit <laughs> of this podcast. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, you know, everyone saw the episode, so mm-hmm. at least the title, I would presume. Yeah. All right. It'd be weird if someone started listening to this episode without, like, looking at the title. They're just like—
2: You think people do drop acid to uh, listen to podcasts? I wonder what that experience <laughs> is like. I mean, it's if, always if it's,
0: exclusive. if it's, like, some, like, slave, something like serial, where it's,
2: like, a crime thriller, that would probably be really terrifying. But also, like, I don't know, I can imagine, like, NPR, like, a really soothing voice, you know? Like, that can, that can equate to a good trip, but. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <I would. laughs> you, you seem like you're, you're, you're an expert I'm in not, to take I am it, not, but, I have never once. Uh-huh,
1: okay, okay, but, Michael.
0: But anyways, yeah, so we also have a Twitter mm-hmm. account, uh, that, like, and slowly, less and less people are following because <laughs> all the bots are being removed from Twitter. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> this so, you is not. Na- you, know you know who did um, recently like your Rival Sons pictures is the official Rival Sons USA fan account. So you, you should be proud of that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's
0: the fan account. We'll, we'll get to that, yes. But um, Soundcheck, um, uh, SoundcheckOfficial at ScheckOfficial. Um, Yes, and speaking of Rival Sons, I also attended the Rival Suns. How was it, man? Last night. Was it last night? Yes, it
2: was. Yeah, it was last
0: Just night. Just last night. Yeah. I, that seemed like forever ago now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, it wasn't. No, because it was Thursday. If it would have been last night. If you okay, would yesterday. so two days ago. It was two days, nights ago. But yeah, Sniles and they were fantastic. I had seen. Actually, we had both seen them live before. Technically. I've seen them twice,
2: actually. But you see, okay. Well, I, I, I know, saw the th- first time is when we when they opened for Black Sabbath, right? Which we second- both saw, and then the second time they were at Rock on the Range when I saw them. Oh, so okay. yeah, short set, but uh, and like. I feel so bad for them because they were the first band on the bill like uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. Nobody was there. Oh, so shit. so some friends and I stuck snuck down. Well, yeah, that's on like
0: one of the few bands I would have saw seen in Rock and the Range like oh, yeah, yeah They were fantastic. See. They're see. Oh, they're fantastic. fantastic live And I got to see a full set. I hear, I hear most of my favorite songs from them including a lot from the new album um, And yeah, and out. also who okay, what else was there? Hmm. Uh, our old pal Elio. Yes, former yeah. Co-host of mine on this podcast. Um, good to see him. We, we before we had uh, started the, uh, the, the uh, before the show had started, mm-hmm. they, um, we we, we, were, we were talking a lot about pro wrestling, and then we got into a fierce discussion about you two of oh. all things. No.
1: Yeah. And oh, you're
2: not you. not okay. No. Oh, oh th-
1: I was thinking about his opinion about you, too. Oh, thank you. And the last oh, time right. I interacted with Andrew was when I yelled at him for his opinion about the Beastie Boys. Yeah. We're not going to get into <laughs> He this. literally,
0: We're- like, literally, so he, so, so he, he literally FaceTimed, uh, uh, for a friend just to, just to come up and, like, just to, like, so he can face me and tell me how stupid I was for hating
2: the Beastie Boys, <laughs> <laughs> which was... Interesting. It Sounds like something I would do. I'm yeah. I'm I'm yeah. impartial to them. Uh, I, I I like I can I, I can stand them. the hits. I love No Sleep Till Brooklyn. That was my Ugh. jam on Guitar Hero. Yeah. But like, uh, but yeah, it's it's. I don't know, man. I've known a lot Ugh. of people that can that so bad. Hey, calm yourself. <laughs> I've known people that can rap BC Boys all the way through, and I'm always impressed. That's by a, that. a something to be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um,
0: but. We? funny, so Rival Sons are great, uh, yes. but what was, what was interesting, because I also knew the opening band called the Sheepdogs. And what was interesting, because they, you know? Yeah, they're great. Well, yeah, well, Michael would fucking hate them. Because, oh, like, uh, be- because I-, I knew a few of their songs, and they had never connected until, like, the first, when they first started, right when they started playing, and looked at me and said, these guys are just the Almond Brothers. And, um... <laughs> Leonard the <sighs> Russell brought, li- mentioned Leonard Skynerd. Uh, I-, I heard ZZ Top on their song, oh, Bob Seger. Yeah, ZZ C- Top's good. Come on. No, no. no. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs>
2: they're, no. better- they're better than Leonard Skinnerd and the Allman Brothers. Yeah. Correct. Well,. The Almond Brothers I are like tricky, it. man. I got I like the Allman. my my jam band catalog is already filled. I already got like seventy five percent of the Grateful Dead. I already got some fish. You know, I don't have room the first, for the Almond Brothers.
0: If you, I'm not. I'm not saying they're great, but uh. if you take the first four as easy top albums, they're pretty pretty distorted. They of all the Southern Rock, they're certainly like the most. They're certainly the most innovative of all those guys, and oh, certainly they sound like they were the least something sub- There I were more blues than i don't want to sub- miss I don't want to listen to the musical duck dynasty
2: <laughs> I mean they look like it, but then they're they aren't actually the musical duck dynasty yeah. we will we'll, uh, we'll agree to disagree but but rival sons were was good uh yes they were really yeah. they're really good. glad you liked it. Thank Have you heard of them Ben?
1: Uh, i've Heard the name, but I have not heard enough of them. Yeah, okay.
0: they're, they're always playing on the riff. 101 on the riff. They are on a the riff. Very, one a very, a very mediocre rock station based out of Detroit that sponsored
2: the event as well. Yeah, I, the older I get, the more the less I listen to the riff. Uh, the more I'm tuning in like eighty nine X and stuff like that. If I even have have to listen to <laughs> FM radio, usually it's satellite. You know,
0: I I have I have. I have no need. I never listen. I can't tell you the last time I listened Oxcord. to FM. Cord. Yeah, Oxford. I have CDs. I'd rather go for a CD than one yeah. FM. Modern problems require modern solutions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Anyways, uh, anyways, enough about my concert experience. Um, let's jump right into today's episode. This is one I've wanted to do for for quite a bit because yeah. this is music that I really love. Uh, even though it is kind of it is kind of a weird beast with me. Uh, we're talking about 60s garage rock and psychedelia. We're not going to talk about the garage revival of like the 90s and 2000s, although like I told Michael, you can certainly mention it if we bring it brings up, it's like if right. you found relations. But I, I, I kind of like looking at the 60s stuff because, I mean, it's just such a fascinating part of musical history to me. Because just kind of how it started with the British invasion and kind of how it, how that led to this just swell of these just a Bunch of bands just springing up that lasted only for like three years and mm-hmm. made made some singles and just went away. And this was a time well before the internet or the idea of like fanzines. Like we yeah, have punk, like you know, because here's the thing: a lot of that was true with like the punk scene in the '80s, but you had fanzines to kind of document that. There was very little in the way of documentation with like like garage garage bands and psychedelic bands. I mean, except for. The uh, copious amounts of uh, compilations that have come in through since. So, yeah, I, I just love this time of music, and I like I love a lot of the bands that came through here, or more or less the songs. But uh, yeah, so for, so from my understanding, Ben probably knows a lot more about
2: this than I do, and I think Michael, you you were kind of I new to a lot. Of w- this. I was I was the newbie when it comes to this episode, absolutely. But first, let's get Ben's take. How did you get into the whole genre? Because is this like um would you say this is like your um kind of the conglomeration of your musical tastes, like this is the style that's at the center? or you
1: know. I'd say that this music really embodies just how I feel as a musician, because to me, 60s Garage is just a bunch of kids trying and failing to make really good pop music, <laughs> and that's kind of just what I feel like I'm doing whenever I record anything. Sure, uh, This is the music that got me started playing guitar. This is the music that got me started recording music like it's it's it it's just completely stripped down it's really it's punk rock yeah first I'm, and foremost i think you hear that
2: definition of just like kids trying to create pop yeah. or, like, trying to do something different, mm-hmm. you know. And you could say that a lot of this whole movement is kind of like the proto-movement of punk. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, it's yes, especially by uh, the tail end of it. That's when you got, you know, obviously the Stooges and MC5 right, right.
0: coming in. But, yeah, you definitely had the very simplistic style. And I think you kind of mentioned to me before, kind of similar to you said, some, you know, ki- kids trying to being really bad, trying to make pop music. And that was kind of just like, for me, it's, it's interesting for me because... Um, when you when you look at like the early British invasion, you know a lot of these bands sound very similar to that, especially if you're looking at like early Kinks or the early Who. That was my impression but, right away. Um, but then and they were and they were all trying to 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 make it be as good, be as big as them. But mo- but pretty much none of them really made managed to get to that it's to that anywhere near that kind mm-hmm. of success. And so you had a bunch of bands trying to imitating that sound. But it was also weird because around the time they would have started to do that, a lot like you know, look at the Stones or the Who or even the Kinks, you know, they they were already changing their sounds up. They were moving, they were making stuff that was a little more experimental, a little more complex. And the thing that really jumps out to to, to me is when you listen to them, uh, when you listen to like the by like '67 at least, you know, the Beatles or you know, you know, the Stones, they were making. They they had already kind of adopted the idea that the album as a whole is should be an art form right. rather than before where it was just essentially a compilation. Not to say that there was anything wrong with that, mm-hmm. but it was weird because they were obviously trying to move forward and in innovate times. So yet you had the, the, these a bunch of these bands from mostly America mm-hmm. trying imi- trying to imitate their early sounds, maybe a little more distorted or a little more aggressive, but overall not. Again, they 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 were still embodying that kind of like okay if they are if they ever were able to release an album it was usually kind of like a compilation more or less except for a notable few exceptions like, um, elevators yeah for thirteen four elevators yeah. uh, for sure and. Uh, the Stooges starting at Funhouse because I, I can't even right. look at, like, their first album and say that it's kind of compilationist. It doesn't, like, <laughs> have a great flow. It was mostly written in the
2: studio, because they needed more than four songs. Yeah. So.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that- they took one and just stretched ten minutes for minutes.
2: <laughs> But no, that was an interesting concept for me with this podcast, because I'm used to, like, um, when we're delving into bands or genres or whatever, I'm listening to entire albums all the way through and examining it that way, but you brought it to me as, like, no, this is kind of a singles-based movement. Um, a lot of it is you're 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 not going to be listening to one band for very long, but they're the, the multitude of bands that actually came from yes. this place, especially underground, like, the more underground ones, Ben put a lot of those in the playlist. Like, I didn't realize that this movement was huge, but I don't hear about it now nowadays cuz there's there's not that uh that staple album, you know.
1: But I think I've I've been thinking about it this week. Uh I think this is really sort of uh this movement is a really good representation of small town America because what you had were a bunch of teenagers getting together, creating little bands, writing a few songs and then either Scraping together enough money to press these records themselves or going to a really small local label because right. this is when a lot of small local labels started cropping up to Care for and cater to this crop of bands.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's really just kind of a representation of like Small-town America as a whole.
2: That's a that's a mm-hmm. really cool uh Way of looking at it, definitely. It, it, it was this was kind of like
0: if you want to argue, almost this is almost like not only proto-punks, almost like proto like the indie mentality, not like mm. indie music. Oh indie yeah, mentality. You, you can go. definitely yeah. see it with that. And it, but it's it's always it's always fascinating to me because again, like I mentioned earlier, you know, the punk music had, at least had like the fan scenes. It had that kind of under, underground like connectivity works, and obviously later on when I mean, we get to more recent times you have the internet and you're able to connect all these things together this was well before any of that i mean like the first like notable compilation you know the famous nuggets album was released until 72 which was a little bit after these guys had died mm-hmm. down. i mean mm-hmm. i think the stooges were already broken up once by then so um it, it's just it's just weird because i mean these, these you had all these bands kind of it was a huge movement it, it was a small but like like huge push of these bands that came in during the mid to late 60s but you're right not a lot of people were able to hear about it There were there were there were certain songs there were big hits in other places you know the sonics obviously were mm-hmm. fairly big in the hometown of seattle elevators were bigger down in the austin area but um you really didn't get, they really weren't a, none of these guys were able to push that far and i think mm-hmm. because they didn't have the way to really have
2: their music reach. That's an interesting concept, because I was going to ask, Ben said a lot of this, or I forget who, which one of you it was, but it's a, it's a very much an American genre, but there wasn't a, a regional, it's not a regional kind of thing. No. You have bands popping up all over the country, in various states and stuff like that, so maybe that's, maybe that's how it kind of got lost to time, is that you can't really pinpoint it to a certain area or a mm-hmm. certain time frame. It, it was. It
0: was I mean, a strange, not even just American-based because some of these guys oh, are yeah, Europe,
1: yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, you I British mean, you'll stuff. get American bands, you'll get Canadian, Australian, like European, but primarily, I see the garage movement as American, just because in England, like you'd have the mod movement happening at the same time, and that's kind of their version of this. What's mm. the mod movement? That's sort of like bands that heard the Who and were like, "Wow, this is the greatest music ever. Let's copy it." Okay. <laughs> okay. that's
0: pretty much it um one more thing one more thing I want to make and then I want to move um or at least that I want to make before we uh, move on to uh talking about the early British invasion It's weird because to me, and and to tell me if I'm wrong with my assessment here, if we're talking about garage music though, I mean, apart from like some of the big names, for me, me, a lot of times like hardcore fans, a lot of these bands are just one hit wonders, even to like hardcore fans. It's like, because to me, whenever I think like, oh, I I think, look, if I hear the name The Litter, I'm like, I'm thinking, okay. The, the, I, I think of Action Woman. Yeah. Like they're, those are the guys who made Action Woman. If I if I hear Fever Tree, oh, this guy's made San Francisco Girls. You know, like like I associate these bands with one or two songs. Right. <laughs> even though I love this music, I mean, let's face, most of these bands do not have weren't even able to press in a full album, let alone one that's. Well, uh, t- a, a lot of these albums are good, but none of them are like very few of them are just blown away, fantastic. Right. So.
2: Yeah, allow me to put my previous perceptions on the table before I started d- diving in, but cuz like you said, I'm 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 into like the uh the revival stuff though that came around in the 90s and 2000s, yeah. which a lot of people can critique or whatever. So when I came into this, I heard the the word that stood out to me was psychedelic, right? I'm 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 really a psychedelic fan. I love that stuff. I, I love psychedelics. But like I didn't <laughs> I didn't um perceive the, uh, the garage element to it, right? The kind of like hardcore gritty, almost lo-fi stuff. Yeah. So like, uh, here I was trying to search for, uh, you know, weird technical feats that would create these awesome noises that would put me in a trance, but really that's not what it is. It, aside from maybe the 13th floor elevators, I didn't get that from pretty much any band. Well, I-
1: would you agree that there's kind of like an elevator side to it and maybe like an MC5 side to it? Yeah, it really mm-hmm. depends on the groups you look at. Like I, when I go to Garage, I, I really am preferring that like three-chord harder, heavier stuff okay. just because that's what I'm looking for from it. But there are, there are lots of bands that tried to do the psychedelic, but it usually ends up coming off more like that three-chord simple stuff just mm-hmm. because they didn't have the studio time or technology.
2: Yeah, that was a big thing is the technology. I started thinking to myself, well... How am I going to get these awesome sounds when, like, they didn't have computers to make it or anything like that? What, and which makes me think, like, how did how did the elevators get that like, whiff, like whipping yeah. sound <laughs> in the back? Like, that's so cool to me. But like, <laughs> yeah. do you know like the story? No, I there? don't. Oh. What do you? you
0: well, know how we, like, we can get to it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sure. But like,
2: um, kind of disorganized here.
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, do you have any other points you want to make before we get started? I think I'm ready to go. Ready to go broadfire, <laughs> fire. Let's go, Let's Start off with, um. Uh, so I think, like everything, we're gonna start. We'll start with, we'll start with the proto proto punk here. <laughs> How about the that? Proto proto punk proto proto punk. Yeah. Early British invasion. He here's. I am. I'm a weird guy with with this stuff because we're talking apart uh, from the Beatles. If we're talking like the big four of mm-hmm. the British invasion: the, the Beatles, the Kinks, the Stones, the the Who.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Apart again, apart from the Beatles, I actually prefer all their early stuff before their, like, more experimental days,
2: which I know is... Wait, is, wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Rewind. You you just... You said the Beatles early stuff is better than... No. The I said apart from the, the Beatles.
0: Other oh, okay. Stuff. Apart from the Beatles. Okay. So, like, so, like, I, I prefer early kinks before, like, you know, I'll, I'll take You Really Got Me now over Lola. I'll take... You know, like, early Stones over, like, Becker's Banquet. Not to say I don't like the latest. Right. I love those. I mean, yeah. it's just personally for me, I, again, it's probably just because I'm a punk guy. Sure, sure. And it, I, I tend to gravitate towards the raw or simpler stuff. And I just think there's some, just some fantastic, I music mean, especially on, like, the Who side of things. I love early Who. Especially when they were on Brunswick and everything, because I I actually won a contest uh, a few years ago from like Universal Records or something, you know, and I had won like a box, like a singles box set of like right, all right. the early Who singles. Yeah. And I first time I heard Can't ex- I can't explain. It's like wow, this is like really like hearing this like against like fucking Bob O'Reilly
1: is insane. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. What are your thoughts about?
1: Uh, I don't know, like with with the bigger bands, just because. I, I think what makes this movement special is is that these bands. This is just a yeah. very much a snapshot. It's like, what could this band have become? Who has any idea? Probably nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they probably all just like went into air conditioning or something. But like, Wait, like th- for mo- for like the Kinks, the Kinks especially, but like also the the Rolling Stones and I guess the Who. Mm-hmm. To that, their first records just seem like stepping stones to me to get to the big, grand, like comp, like. Yeah. Concept albums and crazy stuff they made in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. So, like, when it comes to the Kinks, I'm definitely... I'm an an, uh, early 80s Kinks guy myself. Really? But...
2: I'm on Ben's side for that notion. Um, And I think the way I perceive the Beatles can reflect how I perceive those other British Invasion bands, which I have never really delved into to begin with. Like, I'm a Beatles man, full scale. But, like, (laughs) as far as, like, the Stones and the Who and the Kinks man i I could not if I was in a trivia contest I'd place last like i I just did not understand a lot of that music but uh but I can definitely go back and say like what the the transformation that those bands did is pretty iconic, yeah, and I can side with ben on the um on the stepping stone element of yeah. it for sure
0: I, I i totally get it i mean obviously i mean musically, I can't seem to objectively say that the yeah that's more innovative or more you know just. Even better than the, the um like the the, the more experimental stuff because obviously that's you're right it really was kind of just a stepping stone they heard about playing the music and then obviously they as, as their career a, a, a few years later just got really more ambitious and then just mm-hmm. kind of built from there um, and of course all, all like the uh, like the early, mid, late sixties early seventies stone stuffs iconic to, even to this day and sure. of course and same with the, the who um, but you know yeah, I just you know I I just I just Kind of find that simpler, rawer sounds that those guys made. It was just so interesting to, to hear them do that. So I, I, again, I tend to gravitate towards that. But I, I think the the most the, I think just the the thing I want why I think me and Ben wanted to bring them up is just because these these guys kind of represent who these these, these early. If you look at like early Who, early Kinks, it's kind of where a lot of these bands are going to be will mention here that kind of were trying to copy
2: yeah yeah I can definitely hear that in the kinks like just uh, the the song structure the uh the chord progressions everything um when I cause the way you structured the playlist was really nice you put all those uh english uh early English bands in there first and then I got to see the evolution and how that yeah. translated into the uh the more underground stuff so yeah I can definitely hear a lot of that but it it
1: really is just like If you think about what was happening really before 1963 here in America, you have, like, Chuck Berry was still charting really well all the time. There were still tons of, like, doo-wop music being created. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what would have happened to American music had the British invasion not happened because we were still in the 50s up until, like, 1962 or 3. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, even then, there are a lot of those guys who were on shaky grounds. I mean, there's obviously controversies around Chuck Berry, you know, (laughs) uh, which you don't get into. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get or well, hey, it's as
2: bad as Jerry Lewis. But that is an interesting concept. What would have happened if the British invasion never happened? Uh, we wouldn't have had garage movement. I, I don't. I'd, think like to, I'd like to read a uh, scientific article on that. I really. <laughs> well, I can tell you what. I don't. Garage rock would not have happened. I
0: mean, again, the, I mean, obviously, oh, if, you, again, if you look at the Kinks, I mean, the, the whole. I mean, they they almost I, they didn't obviously create guitar distortion, but like like that kind of really like really heavy distortion, like you you. you be the heaviest distortion you're going to get during 1965 or whenever this album was released yeah, was You Really Got Me. Slashing the the speaker. Yeah. I mean, That's
1: also it's iconic story. They talk about that. That guitar sounds like shit. <laughs> it sounds terrible. I mean, yeah. It's an awful guitar sound. <laughs> 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 yeah. But it's yeah. iconic. If you re- oh yeah, it's iconic. But if you really listen to it, it's a bad guitar sound. That's that's how I th- that's how I think <laughs> yeah. when I listen to uh, the. It's, it's, it's fine.
0: I think, I think it's innovative. I think it's a very important step because people usually for right people look like well that shit. But hey, maybe there's something to that.
2: That's when it, that's the perception I get when I listen to Greg Ginn's guitar sound. Like oh god, <laughs> that sounds awful, but it sounds so good for some reason. What the yeah, what's yeah, happening? Yeah.
0: Anyways. But anyways, um, you said you didn't really know much of, like the early no, stuff. No,
2: no, no, no. Well, at what, all. what did what did you think of the stuff that you just real quick? What did what did you think of it? The Kinks were definitely a a, a highlight for me. Like, um, I really liked. Uh, I've I've never even heard. I've been driving on Bald Mountain. That, oh, was, that was a good great. one for me. Driving
3: You know what took my time. Well, look here, buddy, where'd you get your learning? Well, look here, buddy, where'd you get your learning? Well, look here, buddy, where'd you get your learning? Well, here you come.
2: um revenge never heard that before i love that it's it, it's it's weird because like even you really got yeah. me i haven't heard since i was like 7 man so like i just got like these flashbacks yeah. to playing guitar hero and stuff and i'm just yeah. like this is great music you know mm-hmm. but i get i as much as i love
0: Early Kinks. Um, I think if they pick from the four, I, I have to go with Early Who. Because, I mean,
2: I, I just fucking... Who lo- was, like Who was... That one was great, too. Yeah,
0: I love... Again, I Can't Explain, which is their first single, as to Who. That was... That's probably one of my favorite Who songs. I also and now really I've just been really getting into the ox as well yeah, that it's instrumental a it's a fit fa- it's so chaotic there's so much going on it's mm-hmm. like so this is really you seem like you could feel like you go through a lot listening to that song mm. there's like two and a half I days. remember
2: when you saw me because you know you can look at people <laughs> yeah. are listening to on Spotify right now
0: you're, you're um,
2: looks like you wouldn't anyway still <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can Oops. see that by the way I want to make a Loomer song the new uh intro next uh semester but we'll talk about that later actually you know Ben has an idea oh yeah talk about Later. Yeah, never mind, right. but uh, but yeah, no. The Who was big because when you saw me listening to the Ox and Illegal Matter, um, not illegal, a legal matter, yeah. you're, you you texted me and you're like, "Those are some good songs right there." And I'm like, "I fully agree. Those were those were the top for me. Mm-hmm. The Ox and Illegal Matter. Those were cool." Any any notable songs for you that
1: you liked from the early British Invasion? I yeah, I'm I'm really when it comes to the like big four British Invasion bands, I'm a huge Kinks fan, so I really love that first kinks record and their Mm -hmm. second one i mean they kind of have the the ramones thing going on where their first few records sound pretty similar
3: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and they were releasing them really quick the kinks have one of the most confusing discographies ever especially listen early because there's like so many different like albums that were released during that time and it's just like are these is this a compilation i don't know
2: yeah well uh, you always hear about a big four of a genre grunge or thrash or whatever so the british invasion big four we already established but um who are the bands that kind of compete for that um, um would you throw the zombies in there
0: yeah because
2: because um, i liked a zombie song a lot uh this way will be our year
0: i kind of oh, threw that way, and i wasn't sure
1: no uh, i i'd say in in a revisionist point of view mm-hmm. the zombies definitely compete for that area but like if we're looking at just How successful bands were at the time, the zombies don't have as much mainstream success as these other four bands do.
0: Of course. Well, certainly what I would throw in there. And I I couldn't because I was surprised because none of their stuff was on Spotify. The Dave Clark Five.
1: Oh, yeah. Dave Clark uh, has a (laughs) a, a stranglehold on all of his material. Wait, Wait, hold on.
2: (laughs) Wait, hold on. There's a d- band called the Dave Clark Five. Yeah. Dave like, Clark like Five. Like art. Yeah. Oh, that's like you didn't know no. that? No, I didn't they're, know that.
1: They were like huge in the late 50s, early oh, 60s. Oh, man. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, now no one knows about them because Dave Clark like just doesn't let anyone stream their stuff anywhere. I don't even know. Let me look. I don't even know if they're on well, iTunes. Well, yeah. No shit he doesn't know. <laughs> it's a fucking idiot. Like, you ever, have you
2: ever asked our Dave Clark if he was named after that Dave Clark?
0: <laughs> I should know. No, I think he has a group chat. I think I saw this one of his recent video posts
2: called The Dave Clark Five. Huh. That's like a group chat or something. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, we have a uh, we have an Emily Davis and we have a Dave Clark. We, <laughs> well, yes, crazy.
0: there there is an Emily Davis who fuck it, I'm just gonna
2: say it. She got big on YouTube for playing
0: bad version covers and others, stars. You know, yeah, other songs as well, and she has plenty, a lot of her own music too. She's very good. I do like her, but. And she's she's actually even toured with them once. She's opened
2: for Bad Religion a couple times. She even cool. did like the rap and like <laughs> I thought you were gonna say she's toured with the Dave Clark five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be hilarious. <laughs> she probably wouldn't be allowed to. Yeah. For people for people who don't know, we have our editor who's uh, Emily Davis, and, and then we have her name's Emily Davis,
0: and there's a, a folk musician also called Emily Davis. And you saw like a poster of hers when we went to like a house show gray matter. And you got like, furious <laughs> that you missed that too. I was like, God damn it. I asked, Did she play in a bad religion conference? Nah, it's just against me. It's like, oh, okay. You like against me too, though. so.
2: I, I love against me, but like, yeah.
0: I love bad religion no way more. bad religion.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Of course, they're not the gods themselves. Well, 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 but although that's <laughs> ironic because they call it bad religion. Ah, there you go. So what comes after? The <laughs> <laughs>
3: have to turn away from
2: the subject or it will turn south. <laughs> <bed>. <laughs> right. That's smart. Very smart yeah. and wise of you. But
1: what know. came after the, uh, okay, the, so the big four? Let's, we're in a car all together. We all have some semblance of how to play instruments, or maybe not. Mm-hmm. We're driving down the road. The Beatles come on the radio. The Rolling Stones come on the radio. What the fuck is this? Like, we have to start making this music now. Hmm. Let's learn how to play guitar. Let's learn how to play drums. It's really, it's just punk rock. Like, the Ramones didn't know how to play. And then they sort of learned a few chords. These bands didn't know how to play. (laughs) And then they sort of learned a few chords and all pressed like one single. And then all just became like lawyers and... And like worked in factories. It it is exactly like proto punk. You yeah. know, so similar in many ways. So list off those bands real quick. I don't know. I'd say the Sonics are super important. Oh, yeah. for sure. The Electric Prunes are super important. Fuck yes. Thirteenth Floor Elevators. Hell yes. I I wager to say that the Monks are really important. Sort of in the in the way that Frank Zappa is very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're sort of like an Outsiders garage group, which is a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, and then I'd I'd say those are your bigger bands. Okay. The Chocolate Watch Band maybe a little bit. The box tops are important just because Alex Chilton was in the box tops and then he started a yeah. Big Star after. Alex Chilton. Dude. And then uh, you said the Spiders where I was. Alex uh, yeah, the, spi- the You'll find a lot of bands. Yeah, the Spiders. Alice Cooper had a band called the Spiders mm-hmm. that I think would, they played in front of a giant spider web. It sounds like an Alice Keeper concert. Bruce Springsteen had a a garage group called the Castiles, I think, and they put out a single as well. Yeah, cool. And then, for me, other notable names would be like
2: The Psychotic Reaction. You got Fever Tree. And I didn't realize so many big name artists got their start in 60s garage rock. That's crazy. Oh,
0: and then Strawberry Alarm Clock Five and The Rationals. Yeah. Maybe the
2: crazy world of Arthur Brown, although that's a real stretch for garage. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was really hard to pair a band like the Sonics with the Thirteenth Floor Elevators. The Sonics were, I, I hate to say it, but they weren't the the top for me on in the entire playlist. Well, just because they at times they sounded really repetitive, but I guess it goes back to like the punk rock yeah. elements, you know. Well, so mm-hmm. I'll give them that. So what I'm thinking we do? Yeah. We, I mean, since again, this is
0: kind of like single space. We all just kind of go around. We. We just kind of talk about our favorite songs, albums, or artists, even, and just kind of like, well, like f- from from this from this era, the, the the main stretch from like the mid to late sixties. Mm-hmm. There's this stretch, there's this explosion of all these bands trying to sound like the Who, so <laughs> or sometimes the Who on a lot of acid,
3: mm. yeah.
0: So um, I don't know. Let's sort of, since you are kind of an expert here, I'll start with you, Ben. Like, okay. just name one, name a band that you fucking love. From this. Okay, I know that...
1: I mean, you really gotta go with the albums first just because that makes it more important. So I know that we're both super into the 13th Floor Uh, Elevators and that seems like what most everyone can agree on, that that first 13th Floor Elevators record is absolutely amazing.
2: First time I heard it, probably definitely gonna be my next vinyl purchase for sure. Yeah. I love that thing. Yeah, but go
0: ahead and try to find an original copy of that. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. I'm not about to pay 3000 dollars man. I'll get I know, a repressed. <laughs> yeah. Actually
0: it might be that much for some of those. Find eh. of an original mono pressing, good luck. But uh no, I fuck, I can't you know what? I think the first time I heard about the uh like the 13 floor elevators in Rocky Erickson, who's the singer of a, uh, of the elevators. Um, was on um, the Sonic Highways documentary, um, mm-hmm. the, the Foo Fighters made in for for the album of the same name. Uh, when they went to Austin, they had mentioned that, and I heard like I, I still remember. I think one of the guys from ZZ Tops, like some of the Gibbons, I think one one of the bearded dudes, because there's only only two of the members of ZZ Top have beards. No, well you can't cool. see the
1: other ones because they're covered up by all the hair. Yeah, <laughs> the Duck Dynasty bro. Not, they don't look like the documentary. Kind of hey, either. say
2: what you will about the Foo Fighters' Sonic Highways album, but the documentary, documentary interdu- it introduced me to tons of music.
0: Man. Yes, and somehow you skipped over the elevators.
2: Because they, cause they had Rocky Erickson in there.
0: They interviewed yeah. him and everything. I'm I sure guess they're... that
1: was a really substantial interview. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, yeah. Whoa, whoa, what is Rocky this guy Erickson. like? Uh, mm, well, he's, uh, a, he's a head case. He's yeah. acid destroyed his mind. And also electroshock therapy. Oh, <laughs> and
0: probably not great parents either. Really
1: <laughs> bad parents as well.
0: Yeah. in and out of psych wards. Hard somehow he we was still able to make music in the seventies. I don't know how that happened. Fantastic fantastic. We'll we'll, but, we'll get to that later. We'll but, get to it. But <laughs> like I've uh, just yeah. Uh, see, I, I remember when I first heard about. I heard like heard about. Well, for actually, fuck it. We'll talk about it now because I heard two headed dog. I was like, oh, okay. And they—they—I they, didn't—I don't think they played it, but it was kind of like a someone had described it. It's like when the sickest screams ever. It's like, all right, fine. we'll, we'll check this out. It's not be that good.
3: Two hey, It's hey. like,
0: what the fuck? Th- that was one of the coolest vocal performance I ever heard in my fucking life. Okay, <laughs> what did this guy do before? It's the thirteenth floor. What The hell's the hell thirteenth floor elevators? All right, I'll give this a shot. Can't be any better. You. Re- then, of course, the big the, the big single, quote-unquote from them, They're um, Gonna Miss Me. Oh, my God. One of the best opening screams you will ever hear in a fucking song in your life. Mm. I love Rokie Erickson as a front man. I was like, I fell in love with this man's music just, just then and there. It was fantastic. So, if anything, that documentary introduced me to probably one of my favorite
2: albums of all time, which is... The first elevator. Maybe, record. maybe would have been my biggest mistake I ever made was not picking up on that interview and just focusing on all the punk they did in that documentary. But, you yeah, know, this band was crazy for me to listen to. Like, that, they, this is where I found what I was searching for when I, uh, in my original mindset for this episode, mm-hmm. especially on a song like Fire Engine where they actually have the sirens in the background yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm like, this, this is it. This is what I was looking for. The yeah. Fire Engine sound. Cool? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the monkey noises of Monkey Island. That that doesn't as much for me. That was cool. I liked it. And yeah. then, like, dude, there's just so many jams on this one. But you uh, you said Blasphemy to me because I actually thought Splash One was the weaker side of, of this album. I'm not trying to sound like a hipster. It was just, like, going off those first two songs, Roller Coaster and You're Gonna Miss Me, like, going into a slow song like that, kind of more emotional, it was like, oh, that's a downfall. Maybe it could
0: have been a little, little further into the album, I yeah. agree,
2: but, like, I know the, the the
0: thing about the splash one though is like, you're right, it's very emotional, very moody. And I remember the when I first heard that, I was like really into it. I was like, wow, this is really cool. This is really nice. Mm-hmm. Well, wonder what what I wonder what it's about. It must be something really aching, heartbreak. He's like, he's already laughing because he knows what it is. It's like, I read it up, it's like, oh, it's about the first time he tried acid.
2: <laughs> wow, that's really fucking disappointing. Yeah, uh, I was, disappointing, like, disappointing or genius, it makes you think. No, it was disappointing because I <laughs> wanted
0: something like some emotional train wreck of a song, but no, it's like Hi. uh it's just. A, I mean, granted, when, when it's in that light, it, the 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 song still makes sense because it's about like rediscovering himself. That's mm-hmm. kind of what that whole thing's about. But
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that was a bit disappointing. But Yeah, no, but for me, it's the, my 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 three from this is. You're gonna miss me, Roller Coaster and Reverberation. Mm, uh, reverberation.
2: Which great. is not an original three, but you know, I don't care. Was a great songs. Uh, oh no, man. This was a great listen for me. Definitely in my top albums now. So glad I found that.
1: I, I remember I first heard the Thirteenth Floor Elevators in my my favorite movie, my favorite rom com, High Fidelity with John Cusack. Ooh. This is the song uh You're Gonna Miss Me opens that movie because he's, like, being broken up with at the opening of that movie. Oh. And he, like, like turns it all the way up and plays it out the window and screams down at her from his apartment. And I was like, what is this song? Like, this is the most, like, defiant song I've ever heard in my whole life. <laughs> record first really hit me I think I was I don't know I was maybe a sophomore in high school I was doing an oil pastel painting or an oil pastel drawing of this album cover Ooh. in my art class oh, while like listening to this whole album and I just I I felt like I was on acid <laughs> even though I wasn't yeah acid.
2: just there because, are those albums that like yeah. they make you feel like you're on drugs that's how good they are you know <laughs> But yeah, I'd like to, dude, find that oil painting new thumbnail for this video oh, for this one.
1: I'll want to buy it from you. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's 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 all right. This record, <laughs> this record, this record's mission, the Thirteenth Floor Elevators' mission, uh, primarily spurred by Tommy Hall, their electric jug player, which is that funny noise you hear in all the background. Ah. That's, That's what right. it is. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an electric or it's a, a ceramic jug with a microphone inside. The only reason he was really in the band was to do a bunch of acid <laughs> and get a bunch of his friends to do a bunch of acid. This, the mission of this band, if you read the back of the album, you'll see it. It's basically just, we want you to take acid with us. <laughs> we want everyone really? to do acid. It's so cool.
0: Well, well, no. But here's the thing. I, I never got that from it because I've read the back of the the the, um, the album because I have the vinyl and I've the, the the record. Sorry. Oh, that was bad. That was a cringy
1: thing for me to say. Uh, sorry. Hipster it, over here. Yeah. We all slip up. <laughs> I, I, I slipped up Do you collect album. records, Ben? Yeah, but I don't call them vinyls. Ooh. Well, I don't either, <laughs> but I was a
0: slip. But anyways, I have the record, and I'm repressing. Because yeah. Of course, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at least somewhat sensible with my money. Mm. But um, I, I I remember reading it, I was like, I never got that. All I got was like, wow, these guys were totally on acid when they wrote this, because it doesn't make any
1: fucking sense. Well, no, it doesn't make sense at all. But I think what they were trying to do <laughs> is— Tommy Hall was, like, the, the band leader. Yeah. Even though he just blew into a jug. <laughs> um, and, and he was just like, oh, yeah, Acid's really awesome, guys. And then he gave Acid to everyone in the band. And then he destroyed Rocky Erickson's mind. And then at, at, eventually, like, by the end of the elevators, Rocky Erickson was just, like, playing one guitar chord over and over and facing away from the audience. And everyone else was taking over the singing duties. I mean, it's pretty... Upsetting, and by their third record, he's like barely singing on it at all. And there's a bunch uh. of weird, like super quiet horn overdubs that you can't really hear, mm-hmm. but they're super distracting. Uh. But this record is is unimpeachable. I don't think there's a bad song. In no, it. wow. And then, uh,
0: I mean, obviously, because he was he was in, like in the '70s, he was in and out of psych wards, right? Electric yeah. shock, you'd said. Yeah, he was basically just Sid Barrett from America. Like uh, uh, a lot, I mean, say it which was at uh, least Soroki seemed to actually survive, unlike Sid
1: Barrett. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it. he was si- <laughs> Sid Barrett did make an amazing album. I think The Madcap Laughs is great. But after that, he was just gone, basically. Shine uh, on, you crazy diamond. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll leave off the elevators with this. I think, Michael, I think you should really go check out his stuff he did with the aliens and his solo project. Uh, Rocky, Saint. The the one the album the two headed dog is called the evil one. It's one. It's from nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Yeah, I think it's it's early eighties. Yeah, um, fantastic album. I I love that record. There's some great ones. Uh, the cold night. The cold night with alligators. Um, Creature of the atom brain. Windmore. What's what's stand Oh, stand for the fire demon. That's got
2: a crazy mm-hmm. vocals on there, but. Yeah, listen. Listen to that one. That's good. Writing one. it down right now as you segue us into our next band that we're going to oh, talk about. well, if up. I'm going to pick, well, I'm going to pick the one you said you didn't like very much oh. because you're a prick, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Sonics. You are kind of a prick for not liking the Sonics. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my so, thing: it's just okay, like I, I got so much like weird early Beatles vibes that like wasn't helping, and then like <laughs> it, it just seems like s- all of the music just seems so. Repetitive, but like now that I'm looking at it through a different spectrum, like the punk rock spectrum, I'll give it that. Like it was, it was cool, but like I didn't get the same emotion that punk rock gives me. Well, yeah, I mean, in some ways, I can see that.
0: Although I think, who's the who's the singer of the Sonics? Do you remember his name? Uh, Jerry Rosley. Yeah, he can scream like a motherfucker. (laughs) Like he call him the
1: the White Little Richard. (laughs) The White Little Richard.
0: I mean, yeah, in a way, I mean, like what's I thought they had like a Gogolmusskmalik cover on the top. I guess they do. Oh yeah, they do. You're right. Yeah, right. Last song. Um, but it, I think their fan. I think the songs are great. He could scream like no one else during during that time, and he really did. I mean, in a way, they 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 were they were of their time, but also kind. There's just something about them.
1: That always seemed like they were a somewhat ahead of their time too in well, a sense uh, to me that's really the subject matter of their original stuff a lot of the time like like the witch or like yes. strict nine they they're or, or psycho they're singing like really dangerous sort of themes for, and, like, for the time for the time yeah it's like they're singing songs that like would not have been out of place and weren't out of place in like the cramps discography or like mm-hmm. just later uh punk bands when you have punk yep. bands that really focus on like like horror themes. Horror themes weren't really into music at yeah. this point. Sure. Maybe there were a
0: couple, like, horror songs. That I know you, you, you put one in here. I put uh, the one from Them, I'm Your Witch Doctor. It's, mm-hmm. well, I love that song. And then uh, you could argue, again, The Crazy World of Arthur Brown.
1: I do think I th- that's, that's maybe a minor component of this genre, and it really became major with the revival of it. But I do think that, like, horror movies and yeah. stuff like that are pretty important to a lot of these bands, and you can hear that in some of their that, songs. That would
2: be when the horror movie, from
1: the very little I know about uh, movie trivia,
2: I think that's when like the whole horror movie craze kind of had its first golden age. Mm-hmm. The, okay, The Witch was cool and I definitely respect a song like that and like roll over Beethoven, yeah. but I, the, the, I can't agree with the uh, ahead-of-their-time concept. I was The whole way through, I was wishing for more. Something uh, that s- sets them apart from all the other bands that I was hearing. I, I think there's just, especially when you listen to this first album... I- I think there's just something so
0: raw and visceral about them. Like, mm-hmm. especially when you hear songs on the witch. which and I've never heard a, a rendition of Do You Love Me so aggressive before. Oh yeah. Take, sorry, bl- like Blues Brothers, take take a sidestep. <laughs> this is my new favorite version of this song. So um, but by the way, also as a Dave Clark Five also has a version of. Were they the ones who originally wrote it?
1: No, that's like a doo-wop song. I don't remember. I think no. the can't remember the name of the original group that did it, but it was like a Motown group that did it oh, first. Oh,
0: okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. Hmm.
1: But yeah, it, uh, if you're if you're looking for immense depth in the Sonics catalog, I'm not sure you're going to find it musically. I think lo- uh, vocally and like lyrically, you'll find it when you look okay. at their second record. Um, there's, it's really it's really the original songs that that do it. Like uh, "He's Waiting is a song on the second record that's actually about Satan, and that's from. I don't know 1965 so it's a pretty early it's it's early to be singing about satan yeah <laughs> it was
3: what you had to play
1: Weren't there a band from- wasn't there a band from this time called The Satan's? Yes, there was, and they released one record. Why uh, does every band have the? I know, that, that's- <laughs> yes. I told Michael that's
0: something that you're gonna see. Most of these bands are the something. It, it gets so confusing.
1: <laughs> They're the something, that's uh-huh. all these bands. I mean, Love Breaks It, MC5 Fever tree Breaks, breaks it. it. Huh? Fever Tree Breaks yes. It. But when you're looking at bands that break it, like those are bands that did way more than just yeah. make one record. <laughs>
2: That's the key to success in the 60s. Don't name your band The Something. Oh, those are the Stooges. The Beatles. Oh, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> oh damn it. So, so but then maybe it is a T success. I'm trying not to swear on this one. My mom got mad because we swore <laughs> oh, so much on the oh, one. You're,
0: you're, Really?
2: Yeah, man. She calls <laughs> me. She's like, <laughs> she's all disappointed. She's like, honey, like, I love your podcast, but like you and Andrew, you I couldn't listen to it. I'm like, mom, <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna try oh not God. to swear as Hello. we go on. Hello, Michael's mom. I'm here to corrupt her son. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. But yeah,
0: no. I'm gonna sw- I'm gonna swear more now. I know oh, if your mom listens, damn. But anyway, yeah, but I you know, El- hey, Elio listens to all of our
2: episodes still. Hey, oh, yeah. shout out he- to Elio. Yeah, hello, Elio too. He sent me listening. a great picture of you in your stupid <laughs> twisted sister shirt. <laughs> I'm I wore, sure. You know, I
0: was disappointed because I wore that because I wanted to like have Elio stand next to me the guy wearing the Twisted Sister shirt. But I <laughs> saw it. And he said he was thinking about it. He was going to wear, like, a Creed shirt. Oh. So we would just look like a pair oh of guys God. with just absolutely horrible taste of music. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely would. <laughs> but he didn't. He just wore, like, some boring, fl- boring flannel stuff. It's like... <laughs> Dude, really? What's the like really? This is what you're gonna wear? It's yeah. disappointing.
2: All right. Can I shout out my the next band real quick? Sure, go right I out. really dug the electric prunes. That okay. was a highlight for me. Yeah, that makes sense. They definitely gave me a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff I was looking for in terms of psychedelics and different things like that, but also kept the garage roots enough to where I knew I was experiencing something different. Yeah. You definitely kinda
0: had the mix of both, the both sides of that garage coin psych and the uh And, like, the proto-punk.
1: Yeah, they they delve into, like, Baroque pop once Mm. in a while, almost. Baroque pop? Like, I think... uh, Maybe I'm thinking it wrong, but, like, sold to the highest bidder, the intro to that at least, is a little bit, like, like goofy. Mm. And they, they do... They they were using the album sort of how it should be intended. It was kind of kind of a collection of singles, but there's sort of a cohesiveness to that record. Yeah, I this is actually the, the, the first electric runes that's probably
0: one of the most expensive records I've bought. I, I paid really? twenty five dollars for a for a very clean copy of this
2: thing. Which, that's the most you've spent on a no, record. No, the
0: most I spent you know, actually the one, wasn't one the most mm-hmm. money I've ever spent on a record was Loomer album. Because I had to ship that from Brazil. Ah, makes sense. How so much it was uh, a little under forty. Uh, oh. So but <laughs>
2: Well, I, I, ju- I, I I just I, paid, like thirty five dollars on that sleep record. Oh my god! I need to get better at shopping.
0: No, see, but, uh, no uh, I, I I bought I bought a reissue of Phantom Wars, uh, the real thing. That was thirty five. Hmm. Um, and then I think I bought like I had no idea this was even a thing. Like I I saw like dear, dear uh, no, no Encore Records in mm. Ann Arbor. I saw like on the wall Automatic for the People for thirty dollars. I'm like I can't pass that up. Yeah. I've seen I've seen that go for like under fifty online. And then the only one that ties with it
2: is another REM record. is the uh, first press uh, original pressing of uh, Murmurs.
1: Well, there you go.
2: So there you go be, be smart like Andrew about buying records and not like me, but. <laughs> yeah, like, so many Electric Prunes songs I really yeah. liked, and not to mention you put, like, an entire discography on the playlist. I, there were so <laughs> many Electric Prunes songs, but Train it, for Tomorrow it was It was all from
1: one album. Well, the, okay, never mind. So the first Electric Prunes album, the self-titled Electric Prunes album, was 12 songs? Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was, they, they put their first album out, and then they got uh, screwed over by their label. And no. every single band member was kicked out of the band, and they just the label just used the name the Electric Prunes to release like two or three more albums that are really? completely unrelated to the band. Yeah. Really?
2: Yeah, I never, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Just, yeah, the music industry is so shady even back then, especially back then.
0: i b g s has been the uh, Pat Boone. Yeah. Oh God! Fuck! Do you not know the story of Pat Boone? Pat Boone. You don't. You do you not know who Pat
1: Boone is? Mm. Consider yourself lucky.
0: Oh, <laughs> I, you know what, Michael, I'm just going to not rant. Okay, enlighten now. me after the episode. I, I will. Okay. He. All I'm going to say, fuck Pat Boone. <laughs> he's one of the people I hate most in music. The fact that he's still alive is a crime. Is he like a record a executive threat? or something like that? Uh, no, I wish. but No, actually don't wish. I wish he had never been near music. I wish he had just stayed in his little televangelist circle and never left it.
3: <laughs> it's terrible.
0: Terrible person. Anyways, yeah, uh, Electric Prunes. Yeah, I love this record. Yeah, it's fantastic record. Um, only, the, Get me to the world on time is one of my favorite songs of this fucking decade. I love it. Mm-hmm. it, it said something about like that. It kind of has that whooping sound effect in there too, similar to the,
2: to the uh, to the elevators, yeah, but right. also just got that really sick vocal performance there. Yeah, and it's guitar got, tone was crazy in yeah. this record, man. It's it, I don't think that was replicated in that time anywhere else. But no. like this is where I also started to hear. And, uh, Ben, I love you, man, but some of the songs you put in later... I mean, lyrically, were just so weird. And, oh God! But like the <laughs> the king is in the counting house. Like, I just didn't know how to think about that song. It was just so weird. And it's like, I'm, am I listening to children's music? But like, That's know, at the same was, time, it was kind of it was kind of cool. But at the same time, I heard it so much in the I just snorted. <laughs> in the songs you was put in
1: later, uh, yeah, I, it I, was I, it was crazy. I'm, I'm afraid I kind of tortured you later on, <laughs> but it's it's shit I'm really into. So. <laughs> Is this what you listen to when you're like, like uh, walking to class trying to feel like a badass?
2: <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah, totally. I was listening to, to Rock Lobster and stuff. Sort of. uh, uh, dude, it, uh, yeah, uh, the Electric Prunes. All, all in all, I really like that right. album. I'm gonna go into them more in depth. But all
1: right, uh, next up, just another song or anything right. you want to. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the Trashmen right now because I do really ah. love the Trashmen,
0: <laughs> Minnesota's
1: greatest surf group. How many many surf groups are from Minnesota? The (laughs) Trashmen. The Trashmen... So the Trashmen had Surf and Bird, obviously. That was 1963. Mm -hmm. And that's really special because it sort of shows the very beginning of this movement because you had Beatlemania happening like right around the same time. Mm -hmm. And Surf and Bird is a song that... I mean, it was on Family Guy, and that sort of just made it It was covered it by their sh- It was memed into oblivion. I, sh-
2: I showed Andrew the Family Guy skit for the first time mm. when, of, uh, of, of, when of, of I a, was at a, your, your place.
0: Of uh, ro- Iraq Lobster. Iraq Lobster, yeah. <laughs> Which I, I love the B-52s. When he showed me that, I was like, oh, what?
2: <laughs> okay. Death to America and butter <laughs> sauce. Oh, it was so
1: good. But anyway, Family Guy peak comedy right there.
2: <laughs> no. Jesus. Oh. But
1: the Trashmen. The Trashmen are really special because they show what happens when a label gets a hold of a band that can somehow have a hit. Because the Trashmen, I think Surf and, Bird, Surf and Bird hit pretty high on the charts. It wasn't just regional. It was actually a national hit. Really? And then... The Trashmen just tried to recreate Surf and Bird over and over again. (laughs)
3: Yeah, the whole
1: song, (laughs) uh, All the songs sound like it. They put out Surf (laughs) and Bird, and then the next song, the next single was Bird Dance Beat, which sounds exactly like Surf and Bird if you just (laughs) mix the parts around. Yeah. And then in 1965, they released Bird 65, which sounds like Surf and Bird. Just but recorded in 1965. Yeah, with like a slightly more <laughs> okay. fuzzy guitar.
2: Okay, so does that make the Trashmen a gimmick band? A gimmick band? I don't know why I went into a British accent there. <laughs> a
1: gimmick band. A yeah. gimmick, <laughs> gimmick band. The Trashmen. The Trashmen, <laughs> the trash they put their first record out. It's like Surf and Bird, which is fantastic in my opinion. There's King of the Surf, which is like so... Stupid, <laughs> and then there were just like a bunch of like Dick Dale surf music covers yeah. and then it, it, there's like live recordings from the time where you can hear them mix up like like Louie, Louie, and Farmer John into the uh, same yeah, song uh, and like yeah. yeah there were there were. Kind of a joke,
2: I think. And it, <laughs> So if they're more surf rock, why do they get thrown in with 60s garage rock? It's
1: because of the vocal on Surfing uh, Bird, definitely. Okay. Like, he was all, he's almost like scatting on Surfing Bird, you can argue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Surfing and Bird's a cover too. It's, it is. He just jammed two Rivington songs together Papa Uma Mal and uh, Surfing or yeah. like The Bird. He just put those two together, and they called it "Surf and Bird." And then he screamed into a microphone for two and a half minutes, and then they hit the charts. Wow. Wait, 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 which version is better—the one done by the Trashmen, the one done by the Ramones, or the one done by Family Guy? The one done by the Cramps is the best. It's five <laughs> oh, minutes I, five I didn't minutes even know that more. was one that existed. It's from their uh, debut EP. Really? And it just—it just turns into like a noise record after like the first <laughs> two minutes. That's funny. <laughs>
0: Oh that my god! Is funny. You know, it's it's funny though when going back to listen to to, to the song. That's when I'm, cause i because of course, obviously that would surfing their cover of is on a rocket to Russia. And I was like,
1: it makes too much sense for the Ramones to cover this song. Mm-hmm. The Trashmen could have been the Ramones had they been, I don't know, either smarter or dumber. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Although, th- there is one thing I do want to mention, though, because there's a YouTube shoot. I think I mentioned it to you. Do you know Todd in the Shadows? Yeah, I love
1: Todd in the yeah, Shadows. Did-,
0: did you see the one he did about kung fu fighting? Yes, I did. <laughs> you know what I'm getting- you're going to see? He had a song like Like, so you know the famous song, Kung Fu Fighting? Right. Done- I don't remember his fucking name. but like, Carl
1: Douglas Jr.
0: Thank you. Um, <laughs> I-, I don't care. So... But apparently, he so apparently his his, his follow up single to that song was called Do the Kung Fu. <laughs> yes, it was Wow, <laughs> was similar story. He was trying to make Do the Kung Fu an actual dance move, huh. which was, um, it's just like great because he's just like, when you said that, it reminded me of like what the trash did. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I'm great with just like all bands that just had like
2: a one hit one who just tried to. Like with like, it's kind of novelty. Just, just nail it into the ground. Yes,
0: yeah. I just wanted to hear that. It's
2: I do hard. like the surf rock elements, though, and I heard yeah. some of that in like the the elevators and some of the other bands yeah. too. I, I, I love the surf rock stuff. I'd, um, I um, I I'm glad that those influences kind of showed up throughout mm. this era as well because that w- that's also what was popular at the yeah. time too. So, all right. Um right, I'm gonna
0: go for a song here. Um I don't know much about the actual band or really anything else from them, but um I'd be. If you remember, I didn't mention Magic Potion by The Open Mind. I have been fucking up playing in that of like so much this week, man. I just I've kind of rediscovered it in a sense because God, it's got that really thick distorted guitar. I think I think Megan, you mentioned me. They kind of sound like like early Sabbath, Sabbath dude. Yeah, know. that it's song.
2: Weird. What was that song? Uh, uh, Magic Potion. Yeah, dude. Really I I turn that on and I'm like, well, what when did when did Andrew put Sabbath in here? <laughs> it was crazy. I love that song. Great. they're from England, weren't they?
1: Yeah, they're, they're actually an English band, and that came out in the very late 60s, like the summer of
0: 1969. Well, that makes sense.
1: Uh, that's when Sabbath was making the rounds mm-hmm. um, early. But
0: yeah, no, I, I just it's just that kind of like to me is when I first heard that, I was like, whoa, because it's still very like guitar oriented, but it had this, it, had, it mixed, yeah, it, it really mixed like the garage and psych elements of garage rock, but also had that touch of like Early like stoner and early metal stuff. Yeah, it was we'll really, know. really
2: cool to hear hear that. So that stuck that stuck out like a sore thumb as much as I am the God of Hellfire and Coal <laughs> Burn. Oh God! Like those two we, songs. How many like, times if- have we just mentioned of the crazy world of Arthur <laughs> Brown and passing? Oh yeah, it's it's become like a little inside joke between you and me because you you made this playlist with the thought in mind that I fall asleep to music. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, so I I, I,
0: I made the, I made this place for everyone listening. This, um, I, I made this playlist thinking that, because uh, I know Michael likes to fall asleep listening to music. I thought, okay, he'll probably fall asleep listening to music. <laughs> or ha- on the off chance that he does, <laughs> I want to put Crazy World of Arthur Brown's Big Hit Fire in there, which, of course, starts off with, I am the god of alpha. I'm not going to scream, because if someone's driving, I'm going to give him a heart attack, and they'll yeah. just, not be, I don't want to get sued. But, yeah. like, yeah, play that and just... Like, right as he's about to fall asleep, and he's just like, what the fuck? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Unfortunately, that didn't happen, and I'm disappointed, but uh, uh, oh well. I, and that's another song I picked. Yeah. I engage this whole p- the playlist in a very different way than I usually do. I usually, like, sit down for an hour or two and just, like, really hardcore listen to it. This one, I was really freelance and just kind of, like, yeah. listened to it as when I was in the mood for it. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, you'll get me next time, I guarantee you. But, yeah, I I love those two songs. They were both... Different from all of them. (laughs) Yeah. Alright, um, what's what's the next thing you want to mention, Michael? Well, I think now would be a good time to start talking about the real proto-punk stuff, like the MC5. um, Is there anything else you want to mention from, like, the middle part? Uh, Um, TBH? Um... a lot of the uh the stuff that Ben put in <laughs> I kind of had to skip over. <laughs> no offense to Ben, but it was just like, whoa. No, that's perfectly this understandable. Is so, weird. I'm going to go back and listen to it for sure, but like you don't have to. <laughs> what was it? Like uh so what? Yeah, <laughs> that one was a little out there for me, but um yeah. No, I, I, the Rationals were cool. I like um, them. They, yeah. They're Michigan a, band. Michigan band. They, they're, they're the they're third s- biggest
0: proto-punk, protopunk
2: garage whatever band yeah, from Michigan. Lo- let's talk about them real quick then. Before
0: we do that, though, I would like to just mention a couple other songs for Go me. Go like, Okay. Um, and then you can too. Obviously, San Francisco Girls by Free for Tree. I already mentioned it. But yeah, I love amazing. that song. Um, fantastic. Love the vocals. Um, um, it's a crying shame by this band called the Gentleman. It's on like a. Mm. Uh, it's on a really obscure. No. Oh, oh, you, you, oh yeah, yeah, that one. I I for- forgot what 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 con- what con- what's the name of that comp that's on iTunes that ca- that came from. Oh,
1: like it's it's some generic it's like 60s yeah. Garage, but it's got like this like, it's like really emotional and distorted too. Mm-hmm. It's like really cool. Well, yeah, that's the that's really the compilation that both of us kind of
0: discovered this music from, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, five I'm um, five years ahead of my time by yeah. the third Bardo. Fucking love that song. Cramps um, did a great cover of it. Oh really? I will have to hear that. And we have to get you on for our Cramps episode. I feel oh, please do. <sighs> Halloween.
2: That'd ha- be. Halloween special. That'd be, I'd actually be down for that. Or just, like, all the horror punk in general. Oh, we can, we can throw the, the misfits mommies. in there and stuff. Well, Ooh, I that, love would the be, that would be good, dude. Yeah. We're gonna keep that in mind. Yes. Anyway. Do.
0: And then Get yeah. Off My Back by The Henchman, It's a really great, obscure great. one from mm-hmm. uh, from it's from Get Off My Back, un, unissued 60s Garage um Architects. And, like, there's literally albums on here that would, like, unknown artists. Like, there's a song, there's an artist there that's claimed to be called The Unknowns and then there's a couple that's just listed as unknown because they don't even have the fucking artists. That's how, like, obscure these tracks are.
1: Damn. So, mm. um, but yeah, no, those those are some of the ones that I pick out. What about you? Uh, I have to mention The Letter by the Box Tops because mm. that came out, what, mid-'60s, that charted, and that was uh, Alex Chilton's first band um, uh, before going on to do Big Star and then his solo work. Uh, the Chocolate Watch Band have... Uh, a few songs that are really great. Let's talk about girls. Are you going to be there at the Love Inn? And the interesting part of the Chocolate Watch Band is for their first record, the studio actually forced them to bring in an outside uh, vocalist, namely some, like, black soul musician to sing on their music. And he took the place of the actual lead singer of the Chocolate Watch Band. Interesting. I don't... Mm-hmm. I, I <laughs> He just wasn't good enough. Uh, <laughs> and then we have Louie Louie by The Kingsman, which everyone knows. And oh, yeah. Probably most everyone hates by now. Um, but my, Was my, that the one that they, everyone thought there was like a fucking like swear word in there? Everyone thought it was full of swear words because they couldn't understand what he was saying because yeah. he was screaming the vocals up into a room mic like ten feet above him and he had braces mm. like that were just put on. But there is a swear word in it. It's like one of those background things like how in Hey Jude someone says the fucking fuck. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, there's like that in the background the drummer like drops his sticks. Uh, for a second, and he says "fuck" in the background around like the two minute mark or something. I love those little things, man. Like finding those flaws. I, in there. Although, I
0: mean, I mean, it makes a little more sense for the Beatles, but like that's just like.
2: It just I just love like so Yeah, I love finding those gems. Though, like uh, in "My War," when the last time he screams it, it goes over twice. You know that whole yeah. story. Yeah, I mean, listen to "My War" again, and the last time he says "my," it, it loops, so it's kind of like "my, my <laughs> war." It, it's yeah, maybe. That makes sense because I've always thought that part was sound weird. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm.
0: funny I've never, i never found, i never been able to pick up the, uh, the, um, the fucking hell in hey dude. And I'm disappointed.
2: Oh, I, I have. If you know it's like the correct timestamp and you know right where it is, it's very. You'll easy never to pick un- up. It. Yeah.
0: Um, maybe maybe it's only in the right channel
1: where I where I can't. Hear <laughs> yeah, where you can't hear. Because
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm half deaf. everyone forgets. Yeah.
1: Uh, and I guess, a uh, uh, two part song that's really important to me on here, which I hope you didn't have the pain of listening to, mm. uh, is The Rats' Revenge, parts one and two. The Rats, that's the one By I the really rats. had That skip yeah. over. Yeah, it's just like, it, what it was is a surf band had, I think, extra time in the studio, <laughs> so they wrote a song called The Rats' Revenge where they're just, like, improvising lyrics yeah. about, I don't know, like, <laughs> seeing rats and, like like, fighting in parking lots with seagulls or, like, <laughs> it's... I heard it the first time and I was like, what is this? Why am I listening to it? it was on, it's on the first back from the grave. Is the next thought, why is this so good? Yeah, it was like <laughs> what, it was like when I first heard Temporary Secretary by Paul McCartney. I no. was like, this is terrible garbage. Why am I listening to it? And then I couldn't stop listening to it. To
3: walk you home from school!
2: We'll give you a shout out for throwing rumble by Link Ray. Yeah, that's, that's a good song. That's I the really like That's garage that. song I think.
1: That song was actually banned from some radio stations because they were afraid it would incite violence despite the fact that it's instrumental. Right. That <laughs>
0: It's just, just too
1: aggressive. It's just Lavender too aggressive Town the
2: time. Syndrome, dude. It's 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 appears uh, it's, it, it's everywhere. No, there's also, oh, I, I know he wasn't black but there's also
0: a lot of racism so as well. People didn't like rock and roll because yeah. they just they, did you get those old flyers that said Racial slurs on there that say don't listen to racial slur mu- music because mm-hmm. you're gonna sway the kids into doing all those terrible you know, let's, things. Let's transition. It's, you it's don't want to talk
2: about racial slurs? Not really. Andrew I, seems I like he really wants to talk <laughs> about <laughs> racial <laughs> slurs. Yeah, what about that? No, but I, I will give you a shout out for that one. I love that song a lot. That's that's a song I fall asleep to frequently, <laughs> but I, you know, in a good way. But, yeah. It gives. I guess it gives me, you know. Demonic uh, mindsets. When I wake up, he's, um, yeah. Michael just wakes up. He's like, "I gotta incite some violence here exactly. today." Exactly. But all right,
1: proto punk.
0: Yes, go ahead. Protopunk. Right ahead. Post
2: garage rock. <laughs> post garage rock. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I let's immediate post garage rock. Let's let's start with the MC5 before we go into Stooges. We'll end with the Stooges because that's a high note. But like. When when you're thinking of the MC5 and the Stooges, those classic Michigan bands, you know, it's like, I, you know, every I personally gravitate more towards the Stooges because I think they're more widely known. However, my bad high school cover band that I had, um, we covered "Kick Out the Jams" and it was fun
0: as hell. Yeah, did 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 you get the scream? Kick out the GMs
1: motherfuckers. No, he said. No, that. we he had to say brothers and sisters. We actually oh. Well, here's,
2: here's what happened is like we were playing. <laughs> our last show was to like our families and then like a um people who came to see like an art gallery. <laughs> so, so and we were opening up for like a blues uh like infusion band that we, we we're friends oh with. Gosh. It was weird. It was a weird show to like kick out the jams at. But uh my, my, our sorry. drummer at the time like was like Alright, kick out the jams I love you mom And then we kicked into it, it was great But yeah, I I never went into the MC5 Beyond the actual song Kick out the jams So listening to a song like Starship Was awesome for me so much then that was that I found some psychedelic elements in there that I loved it was it was great and then like come together was great borderlines great Motor City is burning. I mean, come on, they're all great. Songs. Rock Reducer, Borderline, and the self-titled. I mean, would you argue? The ones that I would argue one on. of the greatest live albums of all time is Maybe. that one. Yes. Sorry. Besides Cash at Folsom Prison or something like that. You know? Yeah, that's, good. that's up there.
1: It's mm. definitely a testament to the the raw power of that band. No yes. pun intended. Uh, well, <laughs> but, I actually, know That well, but yeah, okay. I'm I, just I full I, with the, it. I are <laughs> I mean, a rock band, but okay. You have a tendency no, for a uh, band. for yeah, just they breaking really, down jokes. <laughs> they're brother and sister bands. They are, <laughs> uh, but no, I've got I've delved into their discography after that record, and their next record back in the USA mm-hmm. has like really clean production, and also it might be the tiniest record I've ever heard in my whole life. There's no bass on a, it at that's, all. That's
2: what I hear is like, I after this record, it just gets so squeaky clean where it's like it's hard to believe they're the same band.
1: Mm-hmm. So. It's yeah, it's really like I. There are some. There's a song called High School on that uh, second MC5 record um, that I think is a really great song, but I can't really listen to it because it sounds like, I don't know, it's it's like needling my ears. <laughs> yeah.
0: We'll say this, though. Every fucking band under the sun has covered Kick Out the Jams. Like, in oh, the weirdest God, ones, too, yeah. Monster Magna has a cover. <laughs> um yeah. Which, it's okay. R- Rage has, Rage Against the Machine has the cover, and... This is odd for me to say. I don't like that one very much. I don't think they executed it very well. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult, though, has a great cover. Where they, they do. They do.
2: Blue Oyster Cult
0: that you think is good. <laughs> um, past, like, 82. They're not good at past 82. But, um, but no, uh, on, on their famous live album, um, Sub-Enchanted Evening, they have a cover. Oh. In, and, they, cover it, and they do say, uh, Kick out the jams, brothers and sisters. And he kind of <laughs> does the S and the, the, the A. But there's a was, great guitar solo now. Oh, that's a good cover. Um, and the presidents of the United States of America is a really weird one because yes, the f- they do.
2: I've listened to that one. I mean, the presidents of the United States of America kind are kind of a weird, weird band, band in general. Too. But yeah, yeah. With, then they changed the lyrics and everything. I can't even remember them off the top of my head. My geometry teacher used "Peaches" the song as like for a math problem one time, I'm like, Love I them. have. The, the, peaches, that's President of the United States, right? Yeah. Going yeah. to the country. Yeah. yeah he used that for a math problem. I'm like, I have new respect for you. Do
1: yeah. you know <laughs> peaches come from a can? Were they put there by a man? Yeah, he's in a factory downtown. <laughs> awesome. Good to know. Uh, <laughs>
0: all, 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 the only thing I the only line that I remember from their cover of it was uh just they've got something about a poodle in their pocket. I Wonder what that could be. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> I just remember when <laughs> I, I'm so off track right now, but like <laughs> my, my dad put like Peaches and then he put uh, She Don't Use Jelly by The Flaming Lips on like my first MP3 player. And like those two songs were so weird for my fifth and sixth grade mind that they just became my jam. Yes. It was so great, man. But no. just, I love weird music. Did you, did you see The Flaming Lips are going on tour um, this summer with... Uh, it's a band that I really like. Oh, the Claypool one and oh. Delirium. I'm like, I really want to go see it, but they're all UK shows. But yeah, that's what, 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 like, what it's like. And I just like, first of all, even if they do
0: do you this tour, they're probably not going to come here because yeah. the, the thing with Michigan is that we're just a, we're a peninsula. I hate we're, living here, man. We're out it's of not the, on way. the way. For we're anything. not on the way of. It's like, tough for maybe like Canada, possibly. We're 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 out of the way. We're not on the way of anything.
2: Oh, no, it sucks.
0: He's even like Omaha, Nebraska has a better chance of getting like bigger bands coming in because they're yeah, probably on the yeah. way of something.
2: Yeah, it sucks, but anyway,
0: <laughs> the MC5, great, great band, great yes. album,
1: great, great album. I'll say great album. Yeah, and oh. then uh, for sure, shitty production after that.
0: <laughs> although, and again, I'll just mention again the Rationals. I gotta yeah, mention yeah, them because yeah. they're so fucking underrated. Their first yeah. self-titled album is great. Oh yeah, that's a great. album. Um, Guitar Army, phenomenal song. Love I that just, one blistering just cool and should they should be at this for me personally if MC5 is going to be big for pretty much one album I would argue that the Rationals deserve to be on the
2: same plane I mean that's how you that's how you described them to me was like this is the this is the Michigan band that should have had the same fame as the Stooges in MC five, but just mm. never got it, and very unfairly so. Yes. So and I would agree with you on that. I love the rational stuff. That was that was that stuck out to me for sure. But uh anyway, do do we do we need to like talk about the Stooges? I think we do. I think we've talked about it on here before. Sure <sighs> who we do, well, who
0: doesn't know the Stooges? I mean, oh. yeah. I mean, Iggy Pop, one of the most influential frontmen ever. <sighs> Man, um, my just, hero. Just, just like my Sweaty
1: leather couch-looking man, good, buff grandpa, bleeding hero. He doesn't yes. look like he probably he, should put a shirt on at this point. But for being as old as he is, he's not terrible. Not that bad. No, I don't, for I don't know.
2: seventy, no. Uh, when when was the last time I saw him take his shirt? Oh, he he, <laughs> he doesn't wear shirts for interviews either. Like he just <laughs> he wore a shirt for the Stooges documentary though. Okay, and it was weird. It's documentary, okay. Iggy. it's the documentary. I you saw, gotta class it up a bit. I saw him once, like doing an interview with Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth, Bro. and uh, it was just, it was just weird seeing the two, because like Thurston Moore is a very closed off man. He like sits with his legs crossed and everything like that. You <laughs> just got Iggy sprawled out like on a picnic bench, like he, he legs wide open, no shirt on. And probably started like... bleeding from his chest <laughs> halfway <laughs> was, through. Yeah, it was, like, it was Pharaoh. It was so interesting to see, but yeah, dude, like it's it is interesting to talk about the first record though because like it's it's it, not as good as Funhouse. We can all agree on okay. that, but uh, it is much more reflective of the garage genre. Yeah, but I mean, all the hits came off of this one. I think uh, the two, big ones, at least, two, two, yeah, two, six, two. <laughs> sixty nine and uh um, sorry, I want to be your dog. Like those are Great. the big ones, you yeah? like, uh, know.
0: First time I heard I want to be your dog and that's what we're like, wow, that was pretty cool. I remember Um, it was was short, shortly before I I was getting to that song, shortly before I saw Foo Fighters for the first time in a DTE, and they had teased playing that song. Oh, I was like, "Yeah, I remember." And that. then of course, I was like, "What? Play that?" And they I think they would also teased "Search and Destroy." I didn't catch that one on. But then of course, they start playing "Detroit Rock City," and that's uh. the one everyone wanted them to finish. <laughs> yeah, you, you're all celebrating about a song where where Kiss you know exploited the death of one of their fans. But nah, good party anthem, good job. Anyways, <laughs> the Stooges, they're 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 still fantastic, um, wonderful, wonderful. I don't know. I was. Distracted by talking about lovely, <laughs> yes. lovely meatheads. Yes. No. Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Raw power is my favorite album for them.
2: Uh, yeah, same here. <laughs> I, <laughs>
1: I can't argue with I, that. I have to dissent. I love Funhouse so much. <sighs>
0: Funhouse is very close. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a phenomenal record. I mean, you can't go wrong with TVI. The guy on the street, mm-hmm. it's got one. I think what, 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 it, what it how did Henry describe that, that, that song down the street? It's one of the most beautiful Sexiest songs ever. It makes you want to fight and fuck at the same time.
3: Like
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. Nice. <laughs> just,
0: it's got, it's, it has that groove though. Yeah, it really does. It, it, I think I think actually I brought that up during the Weezer episode when we were talking about Hashpipe. I said, Pipe was a
2: very similar groove to, that's to that.
1: Re- yeah, that's really true actually. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, what else do you say about this? Fuck this I don't story? know. Uh, I gotta say like, if you don't know who the Stooges are, you haven't heard music before, can't and if yourself. you and you can't consider <laughs> your, yeah, you can't consider yourself a music fan if you haven't listened well, to. The studio. Well, not are
0: yeah. not a punk music fan, but I mean, obviously, but the, this was this was kind of, to me when we were talking about garage. Going back to that, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. this kind of capped that off that movement, mm-hmm. and then obviously they didn't get very big. I think I had mentioned it to you during our debut albums episode, where it's like, um, but the, what's what's the legend that they always. Suit has only sold thirteen copies of the first album during its first week of release, and like four of them were the Ramones.
3: Yep. <laughs> and then
0: I, that, that's that's the urban legend I've heard. And it, eventually, this kind of set the stone for other proto-punk bands to come in. You know, obviously art bands like the Velvet Underground. But eventually, you know, the New York Dolls, yeah, um, Television, uh, big time, uh, the Dictators. Mm-hmm. You, know? you could say Patti Smith as well. Oh, yeah. And then eventually, obviously, all those bands, along with you know the the sixties garage stuff, as we. Kind of led to the Ramones, obviously, the Stooges, if that urban legend is true. And then, at the very least, the Trashmen had some impact on them because they, they covered them. No,
1: the Trashmen <laughs> are really the root of all good music. <laughs> <that. laughs> Everything comes
2: back to the Trashmen trash when you look <laughs> at a close- The Trashmen inspired even, the even if it was
0: released in the 1930s, <laughs> it was just all predicting the Trashmen.
1: Exactly. Yes. Uh, I, I think the, the Stooges are really... Sort of representative of what Garage was as a whole, because Iggy Pop has talked a lot about how they hated hippies, they hated like peace and love, they thought it was stupid. (laughs) And really, you can watch this Garage movement sort of run parallel a lot of times to that hippie movement because it does cross over with like you you can you can hear elements of it like
0: early Jefferson Airplane or um, right or like what Blue Shear did or what Mm -hmm. later what um, Love would go on to do. Mm -hmm. Right, but if you if
1: you look at like. If you just listen to the songs that these guys were making, they weren't singing about grand concepts like the Beatles were. They weren't they weren't waxing philosophical. They were just singing about the teenage stuff they knew, like love and loss and being mad. And that's really, to me, this Stooges record is when those garage bands became powerful enough to kill the hippies. <laughs> and kill the hippie movement yeah, as a and, whole
0: and eventually a lot, a, lot, a lot of these songs would go on to be covered like like with the Ramones would go on to be covered by later punk bands obviously when, mm-hmm. the, when the dam's biggest hits was covering Alone Again or um, by Love <laughs> uh, which I, it, it's not a fantastic I cover I don't like it it's, it's better than their uh, Eloise cover that's for damn sure mm-hmm. but because during that time the dam were essentially the cure yeah, yeah but in a, although better than the cure still oh my god <laughs> Anyways, um, but no, seriously. I, I mean, look at this. This, this, this movement was very it was important, even though it wasn't known until many years later. It was yeah. a very important one that helped set off a lot of underground music of the '80s, and you know, helped set the way for for,
2: for punk to come along. Yeah. I, I'm so glad we did this episode. It introduced me a lot of great stuff. Like, I mean, Thirteenth Floor Elevators is just the surface. I found a lot of great songs. Uh, some songs I didn't want to listen to, but at the same time, I loved it anyway. Uh, thanks so much for coming on here, Ben. I really appreciate. Thank it. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, thank you. We appreciate it. Now, uh, recommendations. Yeah, Andrew explained that to you, right? We yes. do recommendations at the end of every uh, episode. Came up with something, but then I have two I can things to recommend. recommend. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go first then? Should we allow our... No. No? no? no, no. Okay. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll go then. Um, okay. So, uh,
0: since I saw... Um, I'll recommend two things. First of all, since I saw him last night, I'm going to... And I listened to... Two, I had listened to the album for the first time on the way there. I'm going to recommend the latest Rival Sons album. It was, I'm oh, yeah. really late to recommending it. Um, as Spotify tells me, it was released on January 25th of this year.
2: Hey, my birthday. Hello. Oh, it was? Okay, yeah. There
0: you go. Well... It'll be an okay birthday present. It's <laughs> it's it, it's a good album. Um I, I was not a fan of the first two songs in here. I thought the cars kind of sounded like shit, especially Sugar on the Bone was terrible. Um it sounded better when they played it live, but I don't know, maybe if you Maybe the listening audience has a better tolerance for cowbell than I do, and everyone knows I fucking hate cowbell. You're, uh, a, he's a big, you're a huge
1: blue oyster cult fan. Yes,
0: but hey, hey, at least on that song, it's actually lower in the mix. A lot of people will remember it for it. But God, if you can count
2: cowbells, it's like an instrument of the worst sounding instrument. I don't know, man. Like I, I've, I've the only cowbell bell songs I've really gotten into is of course "Don't Fear the Reaper," and then um, I'm uh. Little Sister by Queens of the Stone Age. That's a great song with Cabo. Honky Tonk Women. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's okay, Honky Tonk Women. I'm not crazy about it on,
0: on Little Sister. Although I will say, the B-52s no with well, a few God. bands that knows how to use them correctly. Because mm-hmm. they're already so weird anyways. But anyways, that's besides yeah. the point. But no, but, there were, but past that, their album's great. I mean, there's not a bad song on here. Um... I uh, love the uh, title track. It's probably my favorite one. It's a really cool power ballad. It's a great road trip song. Yeah. Um, Back in the Woods is also a great song. And they had this really cool song. They played it live, and I was really thought it was really cool. It's called End of Forever. It kind of starts with this like drum machine, but it actually it sounded cool because because when it first started, it was like. Did Trent Reznor write this? It's <laughs> not like a Rival Sons. Like it's cool. And then, then they the really sinister heavy guitars came in. It's like it sounds like a Porcupine Tree song. <laughs> it was like really fucking cool, and I loved it. So um, definitely, yeah. definitely, I think Feral Roots um, by Rival Sons cool to check out. <laughs>
2: anybody is going to look it up, I'm definitely gonna look it up, yes. I gotta hear that album, I love Ravel Sons. But,
0: of course, I also feel like I need to mention this because I finally, finally after, since 2015, the last time they made new material, I have to recommend the new Silver Sun pickup song. Hey, alright. All right. Because uh, I've, I really liked it, um, it was a little, the, the claps were
2: weird, I did not like the clapping. I think I've learned that I hate clapping in songs now. Okay. I don't well, uh, I, I was—it was a toss-up because I knew you were either going to recommend that or the new Bleach song. Have you heard that? Um, well, I'll, 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 I'll get to Bleach later, okay. but uh, I, I,
0: I thought um, the song's called "It Doesn't Matter Why." By "It Doesn't Matter Why" by Silver Sun Pickups. Nice. Uh, the, the first thing that came to my mind is like this sounds like a, the Silver Sun Pickups like had this really weird night with a, a flock of eagles. we like most synthesized. <laughs> new wave bands ever Mm. it was like this had this really works in some great way Great way. It's got this, re- it still sounds like the pickups, so which just got this really different feel than anything else they've done. I'm really interested in hearing how this album's going to sound. You
2: want to share? <laughs> when you told me it sounds like a flock of seagulls, yeah. I thought you meant a legitimate <laughs> flock of seagulls <laughs> with the synthesizers. <laughs> and then you're like, no, the band. I'm like, oh, that makes so much more sense. You didn't know the band existed. <laughs> no. That's,
0: that's great. You know uh, what? The first, I will, I'm going to, I'm going to controversial opinion. I actually think the first. Full length, like the Flock of Seagulls album, is Space Age good. Love Song, fucking
1: great, amazing. Thank you, fucking Todd for in the that. Shadows.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that too. Well, I actually, I actually had the album on vinyl beforehand. I overpaid oh, well. for it, but I'm like, not as cool as you. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. But, it's, but no, see, I I, I think the album's pretty, pretty decent. But yeah, but I agree yeah, but as far as the new Bleach song, eh, it was it was okay. I mean, obviously it wasn't what I was expecting. But did you, know. you
2: listen to it all the way through? Yes. Okay. It, it was. It was. It, it, it I be, was, there was not like expecting. No drums until like the like the, the yeah. It was all acoustic producer. until it picked up, and then it was yeah. like, whoa, that's so cool. Yeah. I I mean,
0: again, was it. was what I was expecting from Bleach. Was, I mean, I'll. I'll I mean, I, I didn't think it was bad. I mean, I'm just I'm just a little curious on how they're gonna go. If if they're gonna because here's the thing, see, I loved the last Bleach album. And like in the last Bleach DP, I guess. Um, but like, let's, let's face it, th- those albums weren't exactly like groundbreaking. They were very simple, well, yeah. especially lyrically.
2: Now they're getting out of their infancy and they're going to try something yeah. that no one's well, ever done before. They're so. not in their infancy. Their first like single was in like 20, like. I would say now Dang. they're trying something new that's going to steer yeah. them into the rest of group. We'll, we'll talk which, about it later. We'll, we'll see how it
0: works out. I mean, I, I just I just loved Welcome Welcome the Worms so much. So okay. I'm I mean, I'm a little hesitant, but you know, again, I I'm I'm welcome to change on this. Cool. So,
1: all right,
2: you want to go next, Ben? Or are yeah, you? Yeah, sure.
1: Okay, I, go I got forward. some stuff. So uh, in March now, there's this band from uh, Queensland, Australia called the Chats. There, I shared them with you. They put out a. a music video and single called pub yes. feed out a pun because my red shoe at the end Singer is a redhead with a combination bowl cut mullet. Yes, I remember that. He has a I remember just like I don't know a terrible voice. <laughs> <laughs> he just sort of screams the songs. It's really it's, you're not it's, selling it's, this it's band. <laughs> <already>. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great like he he puts a ton of energy into it. They all really do. It's just a bassist, uh, drummer. This sounds guitarist. like they're describing MDC almost. Yeah, I mean the guy. They're just a few kids from Queensland that have a lot of great energy. This new song's great. Their first song that really hit was a song called "Smoko," mm-hmm. which is about a concept that I don't even understand. I think that's a, an Australian smoke break. But they reference so many Australian things that it, you're really learning along with them. Is it like the opposite of Courtney Barnett? Yes. There you go. They are great. Their first record's great. Uh, also there's a band called the Viagra Boys from Sweden that put out their first record last year and uh they just put out a bonus track version of it this year. The Viagra Boys. Yeah. And they oh, uh they good. have a song called Sports, which is fantastic on that record where they just uh it's it's essentially just a bunch of like nouns mm-hmm. put together, <laughs> like baseball, basketball, wiener dogs. <laughs> like he just it's it's I've read that it's an uh, an affront against like toxic masculinity hmm. but it's also just a random collection of nouns so I really don't know <laughs> if it means anything at all they're kind of they don't they don't venture into their social commentary it sounds this sounds like a b-52s yeah a it kind team. of is except a lot more sinister I'd say hmm. okay they're they're just a really uh, a big band and a really tight band. They they have a saxophonist, and that calls to mind some of, like, Funhouse from the Stooges. And I, I'd highly recommend the Viagra Boys to anyone. So mm-hmm. the Chats and the Viagra Boys. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Although I don't know if the Viagra Boys beats the Vagina
0: Panther. <laughs> that, 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 remember, I sent Sorry, you that what? song. You
2: did send me that song. That China was, that was
0: it was great though, because because the song they had was like Dave, you're killing me, which is like our boss Dave. <laughs> I was like, I wanted, I, I really, I don't know if I not remember if I did. I wanted to send him saying, I think we found CM Life's like new like new anthem. New, yeah, no, 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 with new, yeah, new, was new so like a, what what they call it, um, like
2: emotional support song. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, well, we'll continue on with Australian bands. By the way, Dave listens to the
0: podcast as well.
2: Shout out to Dave. How you doing, bud? But anyway, here's another Australian band that also ties into the psychedelic stuff. They're pretty well known um, at this point. Um, I think I mentioned them, the Brent, and he scowled at me. But I love this band, uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah the, like their them? record
1: just came out today, didn't It's out today? I, Are you sure? That's what their Instagram said. It's okay. today or tomorrow. Well,
2: I know they're coming out with two records this year. Right. Um, at least. And... The, uh, one of them is going to be, like, more on the uh, psych-pop side, which is their usual shtick. But then they also got the single Planet B. I don't right. know if you've heard that yeah. one yet. Really metal, really awesome-sounding stuff. I sent it to Andrew. And, yeah, and In exact it's, words, it's, you said it rips. So, so like, it, I mean, like,
0: lo- it, it has a really weird thrash to it. And I don't like— Here's the thing. I am a huge fan of thrash metal, as a lot of people know. But, like, I like when other bands from other genres that aren't thrash metal, like, thrash— yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like, there are some bands yeah. that do that, and I love when I hear that. And I was like, I'm getting like elements of like Exodus yeah. in this, and like, you know, I don't know what the singer was, but he's almost like had some odd like moments of like Tom Mariah. And then, um, like, I'd, like, not th- th- saying
2: he sounded just like him, because so he I obviously know. doesn't, but, But like, I, I just, I told Andrew, like, one of these days, we're doing, I'm um, putting him through the entire King Giz oh, discography. Yeah. And it's the here, elevator she... music, the fuzz rock. Wait, what? The, oh, yeah, they've done an entire album, basically elevator music. No, wonder you like Kenny G <laughs> <Giz> so much? <laughs> but, they've also done, uh, what is your so favorite, do you have a favorite now. King Giz record? Ah, uh.
1: I really, I'm a very big fan of Murder of the Universe, and I'm also a, nice. a very big fan of Paper Mache Dream Balloon. Okay. For
2: me, it's, uh, it's Polygon, yeah. I like Polygon to Wonderland. That's another record. <laughs> all these,
1: all these, yeah. all these yeah. fucking, like Rob roll. Zombie album yeah. names. Yeah. All, then, all these
2: fucking,
0: like, album names, like, just smushed together, like, oh, these like, like, Murder the Universe, and then, what the fuck did you just say?
2: Polygon to Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is this the same band? Is the same band? It's such a good band, dude, and okay. they, they're, they're so different the, the, on the, every record. The stuff record. that
0: you've shown me through like the playlist, I was like, I've been into I know you said, they're, they're, they're kind of a concept band where they do a lot
2: of weird stuff it, They're All the all the records are pretty much concept albums, yeah, but the, every album sounds different than what they've done mm. before it's, it's all, it all has psychedelic elements in it, but it's all it's, it's It's a trip, dude. It's there's no other band like them, from what I can tell, and they're from Australia. For some reason, every all the good music's coming out of Australia these days. But uh, but yeah, Uh, check out this song, Planet B. It's going to be coming on a, an upcoming record that's going to be really thrashy sounding. Even check out the other stuff that's coming out on this other record. They're one of those bands that releases multiple albums a year. In 2017, they released four albums a year, all like over an hour each. And th- every single one of them were fantastic. Um,
1: yeah, so. on, on that record that's coming out, I think, uh, what, the the 26th. Um, so tonight as we're recording. Oh, cool. uh that's called Fishing for Fishies. Yeah. And it's like a I don't know, like a Synthy electronic-y country yeah. album. It's they're they're creating music now that like I have never heard yeah. anything like. And they were they have done that in the past, but I could yeah. you could draw like points of reference sort of. Now it's 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 all over
2: the place. It's there's <laughs> so, they're so crazy how they can put out a metal record and then follow up with like synth pop with elevator music with like jazz. You're going to love going through this, Andrew. You're going to be more confused than you were on emo. It's going to be great. <laughs> okay. But uh but yeah, that's that's my recommendation. Spain.
0: One more one more question regarding Australia. What did you think of the new Courtney Barnett song?
2: I haven't listened to it yet. I didn't even know it was out. Uh
0: yeah, it's so it's okay. It right. is it's a slower song. It reminds me a bit more of her um, uh, for first album Okay it was Good, good oh, was hook in the chorus But it is More benign
2: I probably liked it more Than I did the new Belief single To be honest Okay so, Cool but. I'd like to end On one final statement We have the components Of a band in this room Brent on drums You and me On either bass or guitar Andrew on vocals We're well, gonna We get said going. I'm a
0: vocalist Oh
2: it's gonna happen
1: We're getting this going You can fill the, the Space between the songs At least Yeah You can talk forever
0: I mean, I can talk. Yeah, just we, do we, like we, 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 can we, do oh, we can do a like thing like just a, like
1: a, uh, a
2: spoken word kind of thing of just Andrew yeah. soothing yeah, people we, with his you, voice. you know, yeah,
0: that, you know that one uh, Dead, yeah. uh, Dead yeah. Kennedys track from uh, the the um, Night of the Living Rednecks. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. We'll, be able, we'll just do that.
1: That sounds great. Yeah, you can talk <laughs> about getting hiding in a phone booth and getting beaten up by right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, we'll no, we'll, or Orgonian rednecks of all things.
3: Yeah.
0: With, all right, we're getting it going. Any other final words, Andrew? Um um it, if um, if you find yourself trapped in a phone. Living in booth, a shotgun shack um <laughs> <laughs> getting attacked by Argonian wrecknecks with with the giant hot wheels pickup trucks um don't so, so the, the, the cops won't help you All right. awesome <laughs> i I just described like the main point of a that song yeah. anyways well um anyways yeah so oh no bye peace Never. love. Smoke acid,
2: I don't know. Smoke acid. Smoke acid. (laughs)